Now, the summary of our approach to self-awareness has been focused on two types of tendencies. There are the super tendencies, which are headed by core sensitivities, our core values and positive traits, and our negative character traits, and the behavioral tendencies that emanate from all of them. Now, whether or not you did the actual workups, if you want to understand yourself and you want someone else to understand you, and if you want to find the causes of gridlock in your relationships and in life in general, get used to thinking and speaking in terms of these tendencies. Think in these terms and speak them out. Say things like, I realize that I tend to, and then indicate a behavior that you notice is one of your tendencies. Or, I tend to feel, or I tend to be sensitive to, and mention the feeling or the self-concept that comes up for you. But now we're ready for the most universal human tendency. And that is to make meaning. To give meaning to things that go on around us. That's right. We are all meaning-making machines. And how do we do that? On what basis do we give meaning to things that go on in our lives? And the answer is that it's based on our personal paradigm. And if you ask what a personal paradigm is, it's the set of rules and assumptions and beliefs that make up our model of the world. And they become the lenses through which we view everything. Whatever goes around us, whatever people do or don't do in our lives, gets filtered through these lenses and we come up with an interpretation. And our personal paradigm is based primarily on our three super tendencies, our core issues or sensitivities, our core values, and our negative character traits. And by the way, fusion also carries with it its own assumptions. If you remember back in an earlier segment, we said things like, if I can do this, then why can't you do it? If I would do it, then why didn't you do it? If I saw it, why didn't you see it? That fused mindset also plays a big role in how we interpret the events that go on around us. Now, it turns out that that first iteration of the CAT scan, when we discuss the core sensitivity, the core issues, turns out that that's the lens that probably produces the meaning that causes us the most pain. Like, for example, if someone important to us, like a spouse, doesn't do something that we've asked him or her to do, then what does that mean? Now, the truth is it can mean a lot of things. But if my core issue is rejection, for instance, then I'd be quick to assume the reason they did it or didn't do it is because they are rejecting me. And we'll tell them that with conviction. See, the fact that you didn't do it, it proves me you don't care about me. Isn't that right? And we could be so convinced of that truth that there's even a term for it. They call it my truth. Now, once it's my truth, no evidence can convince me otherwise. Now, imagine that you're on the receiving end of that accusation, and you really do care. Now, imagine how infuriating, how demoralizing, how off-putting it is to be told that you don't care when you really do care. And so when we're aware of this tendency, we've got to be very careful not to be a mushmaster. Now, what's a mushmaster? Now, remember that pump that comes with your Play-Doh set where you could turn anything into the shape that you want? Don't let your pump be shaped with things like you don't care, you're rejecting me, and squish people and events to conform to that shape. Don't force the world to fit your paradigm. Maybe they do care. And be open to it. Don't force your interpretation. Now, this is why it's so important to be self-aware, to understand what are the factors that we put into the interpretations that we make. And are they accurate? Do they sometimes say more about us than it says about the other? We have to be open to that. And in fact, 
This is a segue into our next competency, which is perspective taking. Now, when we speak about the competence of perspective taking, we circle back to the very first ability that we spoke about, to be mitzamtzim, to make room for others. And here we see it in its greatest form. Take perspective. Make room for others. Be open to the meaning that others give to their own behavior. Be aware of the fact that there could be an entirely different way to view something and that maybe that truth can actually trump your truth. I mean, after all, the person who engages in the behavior, in other words, the spouse who does or doesn't do the thing that you don't like, is more of an authority of what feeling they had when they did it than you are. They have more credibility to tell you what was motivating them than you do. And also keep this in mind. It has been said that all pain comes from a story that is selfishly viewed. It's viewed based on only one person's needs, one person's paradigm, yours. Now, as a child, you might not have been expected to take perspective. You might have needed to be selfish and be right for being so in order to keep yourself safe. But if you're still in pain, you're still selfish. You're still seeing the world through only one perspective, which is yours. And so while the competency of self-awareness requires us to investigate why we're reacting strongly, what's going on for us, what's behind our positions that we take and hold so dearly. The competency of perspective-taking requires us to investigate the other person's story, to ask things like, help me understand why you did that or why you didn't do that. What were you thinking? Not what were you thinking as a criticism, but I want to know, what were you thinking? Help me understand what was going through your mind. Help me understand what it meant to you. Help me understand where you were coming from. And then be ready for your truth to be challenged. And therefore, the bottom line is, when it comes to perspective taking, we say stop imposing your interpretations on others and get into the habit of saying, help me understand. So keep in mind that the great act of symptom, making room for others, is to make room for an entirely different paradigm with super tendencies and assumptions and beliefs that could be completely foreign to us. And that differentiation is the ability to hold both of your paradigms at the same time. And that's the great challenge of what we call the encounter. That's going to be the basis of everything we talk about when it comes to dialogue to get two people to be able to engage one another, engage two realities, two paradigms. And with this, we're left with one more segment, which will include our final prerequisite competency before we venture out into the encounter. Mm-hmm.